0: Welcome back to Don't Call It A Book Club. I'm Luke. I'm Dan. And this is our second episode for Game of Thrones.
1: Heck yes, it's our second episode of Game of Thrones. Uh, Oh yeah, something else Luke we need to talk about. Um, Apparently this is an explicit podcast. Explicit as in? As in you said some bad words in our last episode and I didn't call you on it. Uh, but But I didn't know ahead of time. Uh so I was trying to keep it clean. Oh, okay, uh, sure, sure. But you know what? I think the floodgates are open at this point. We're letting it rip now? We're letting it rip, so uh so shit. Okay, I'm <laughs> wow.
0: That was pretty intense. Oof. I'm not normally I'm not a heavy uh cursor, but when I get passionate I might. So Which happens pretty which happens pretty often on this episode on this show. Yeah
1: okay so we're we're going we're letting off the chains now we're so those first couple episodes you heard us those were like um those were restrained so to speak we're we're coming we're giving you everything now it's all out (laughs) all right here we go Mm -hmm.
0: before we get into game of thrones i think we have a combined rant
1: yeah, we have something to talk about. Uh, especially this week, uh, it's been particularly challenging. Um, so Luke and I are both involved in IM sports, uh, where we are um, separately. Separately, yeah. So I'm on an IM soccer league, um, and Luke is on an IM softball league. And well,
0: so, so mine is yours is through a university. You're a grad student, so yours is through a university. Right. So I'm guessing you're mostly playing against college students.
1: Uh, Yeah, for the most part.
0: Mine is not through a university or college. Mine is just through the city.
1: Uh huh. Oh, interesting.
0: So probably a different demographic. Okay, but and we am And we I'm currently have, playing. Go ahead. I'm currently playing on a softball and kickball team, not uh. to brag. I see. Okay, so Luke is
1: an all-star over here. Luke is a big jock. Um, yeah, the, the big t- the big two of softball and kickball. Yeah, we know that's where the money is these days. So, um, But I think, Luke, regardless of where you play intramural sports, uh, there is overlap in these two populations. And, For sure. Uh, and the overlap in these two populations consists of uh, people who take am Sports way too seriously. Yes. I we've got some of those. Uh Luke, these probably are the worst worst sports people I've ever played with um because they don't understand the context of where they're of where they're playing.
0: Okay, so I'm 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 synth- do you have a story? That's what I'm sensing right now. Um or do you just ha- or do you just have a general rant? I just have a general rant. Okay, so like okay.
1: Right, so let's think about what I am sports is. I am sports are people who enjoy being active or at least like hanging out with a team or at least drinking and playing softball to just go out and like move around a little bit after work. Okay? Yeah. Okay, the winners of an I am game and league usually, I would say 98% of the time, have no bearing on anything else whatsoever. And in fact, they're probably forgotten within a month of the actual event happening. Probably probably sooner than that. Probably sooner than that. And regardless, there are so many people who play these games like it's the finals of the FIFA World Cup, Luke.
0: Ooh, topical.
1: Yeah, very topical. Uh, if you're listening, to, well, you will be listening to this in the future. The World Cup is happening right now. Uh, so, go France. Hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> um (laughs) we'll see if they win regardless uh the whole point of intramural sports is to have an enjoyable time that's like literally the whole goal of im sports there is no you don't get any glory for winning a game necessarily like the whole point is to have fun that's the meta game that's happening within an im sports game is that you have to you should be asking yourself is my team having fun, and is the other team having fun? And if you can answer both those questions with yes, then you're winning. Like, the IM Sports are succeeding right now. You should not be asking, why Why did Steven just miss that pass? Why the hell hasn't he been training this week? And what can I do to keep the other oh, team man. off sides? Please,
0: please tell me you guys do practices.
1: <laughs> okay, so... Our team had one practice, and it was very casual. <laughs> but I know some of these teams that we're playing against have regular practices. And especially because I can hear them on the sidelines, and they're talking about like how people shouldn't have missed that pass and how like we're going to have to work on that in practice. And it's like, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah.
0: I've got... so So when you first suggested this topic to me, I was... It was so on point because I just had a kickball game yesterday. Okay. Yeah. And I don't know if you, not many people have actually played kickball, um, but this is our second game. We didn't. We barely knew the rules. Let me let me paint you a picture of the uh, the way this league is set up. Okay. This league is set up so that people on my team bring their beer onto the field. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like an intramural. Sports team uh, should be.
1: Yeah, exactly how it should be.
0: The kickball team we were playing, like, switched out. First of all, kickball has pitchers, right? Yeah. Normally you think of a kickball pitcher as a guy that just rolls the ball towards the plate.
1: Yeah, the goal is to let the person kicking it have a kick. Yes. Yes.
0: This dude is throwing curve, like, legit curve balls in kickball, <laughs> like, b- bouncing it throwing it like putting spin on the ball so that I can barely kick it. So he's kind like, of like
1: Charlie Brown Lucia out of the way of your foot.
0: Exactly. It's like dude, I just want to kick track. this ball super hard. Like I can, it's a super, it's a little rubber ball. I'm not going to kick it very far regardless of what you do. <laughs> like just let me make contact. Right. right. <laughs> because the way there's if he does that and if he doesn't do it perfectly, it's going out of the way and I can't kick it regardless. Right. If he does do it perfectly, it's super hard for me to kick. It's like, dude, let's play kickball.
1: It's kickball. (laughs) Right, and that's the thing that's like, that always doesn't make sense to me when people do that in IM Sports. Because let's think of the best case scenario for that guy pitching the ball. The best case scenario for what he's trying to do is he pitches it, he pitches a perfect game. Where your team never kicks the ball and his outfield is standing there like, man, I hope they really kick the ball out to me sometime. I,
0: yeah, that sounds horrible. And keep in mind, so this, this league has a, it's a co-ed league. Mm-hmm. So you have to have, I think you have to have four girls and six guys. Mm-hmm. We only had three girls, so we forfeited. But we still played, you know, just a man so down. I, <laughs> this is even and worse. He was still, and he was still trying as hard as he could to win, even
1: though they had already won. See, okay, so now we're at a point where I don't even understand. Like, there is no, there's no logic or reasoning that's happening at, at this point because you're not even playing. Like, he's still playing out of a competitive nature, but it's just like animal instinct at this point because there's no logic or reason to be trying to win because you have already won. Right. There's no, there's no reason <laughs> why. Ah, oh, that's... See, it's just... Alright. Everybody out there, if you can take away one thing from this episode, nothing else, just one thing, please remember that I Am Sports are for fun. That should be the only goal when you go into an I Am Sports game is is to make sure... That everybody who's playing is having fun. Yes. Everybody. Including the refs. Like, (laughs) everybody should be enjoying themselves. This is a fun thing that we've chosen to do. Please don't ruin it for everybody else.
0: Okay, one last quick thing. (laughs) I've also played my softball league. I've also played against a team that uh, had, like, eye black batting gloves cleats all that stuff
1: (sighs) see it's just okay and i I can hear you out there i can hear you out there saying yeah but like when we're playing at a high level it is fun and like i'll give you that like if both teams are playing at a really high level and both of them want to do that and that's how they have fun and you can tell that that is what everybody's going for do it and have fun but like if you're showing up in eye black and cleats and throw in like curveballs and line drives and striking out every single batter. And the other team is like drinking a beer on the sidelines.
0: Well, well, yeah. And there's there's multiple leagues. There's an upper league and a lower league. I, we're in the lower league, yeah. obviously.
1: So, uh, so I just want to reiterate what I've already said. The goal of every intramural game is to have fun. Make that your mission. And you will succeed.
0: Yeah. Okay. I, th- I think I think we've changed the world enough for that. Um, I think I think that's enough time spent Whew. on an unrelated topic. But I mean, it, it's our podcast, so you know.
1: Yeah. You don't get like it. it. If you don't like it when we get political, then maybe you should not listen. So <laughs> that's right. I like
0: I like that we're talking kickball and stuff and calling it political. Oh, we're taking a stance, Luke. A strong stance.
1: Uh, speaking of strong stances,
0: Luke, should we talk about Game of Thrones? G- wow, great transition there. I know. Um, yeah, so let's talk about Game of Thrones. Let's, let's first say how, how far into Game of Thrones we are.
1: Okay, yeah. Um, so the chapters aren't numbered, um, but we're not going to be talking about anything past chapter 40. Um, so that's a... Are we going with Catelyn or Caitlin? I think it's Catelyn, but I don't feel good about it. Well, they call her Cat, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Let's go with Catelyn. Okay.
1: So Catelyn, it's a Catelyn chapter, which is chapter forty. Um. So we're going to be talking about stuff up until that chapter, but not beyond.
0: Yeah. Um, so you've been war- you've been warned for spoilers, officially.
1: Indeed. Uh. So. That being said, uh Luke, did you want to start us off or do you want me to take the reins? Uh
0: you go you go first. I've got a couple of theories, but I think you have or a couple topics, but I think you have more, so you you start us off.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so the first thing I want to talk about, and this, this could be short, uh, this could also be be a little bit longer. Um, there is a catchphrase that we hear uh Ned Stark saying that uh is going to reappear throughout the the series um uh, and the catchphrase is dark wings dark words sure okay i do not understand why this is a phrase in this universe because dark wings dark words is the equi- is the equivalent of saying uh loud rings bad things when you get a phone call <laughs> Or got mail, you fail when you get an email. Because it's just, uh, the only, like, the long distance message carriers of this world are ravens. All ravens have dark wings. Right. So whenever you get a message from far away, it's coming on a raven. Why do you automatically assume it's going to be
0: bad? It's a very depressing
1: outlook on life.
0: Where basically you just assume everything you're hearing is horrible news.
1: What well, and it's not even it's not supported. It's, it's by not anything. accurate, no. <laughs> like how did it even come to be? How did it even start where somebody was like, Oh, I see a raven coming. It's probably bad news. And the person standing next to them is like, What? <laughs> well,
0: we okay. Okay, in defense of that, we do have a saying similar to that. No news is good news. That means the same thing.
1: What? But like what context does anybody ever say that? You know what the context people say that in is when they're waiting to hear back about some like bad thing that has happened, right? Usually the context yeah. is if somebody's like in the hospital or it was suffering from some kind of problem. Right? Cuz you don't um you don't hear that phrase when somebody is like waiting for a promotion right yeah right like usually yeah so it, if, if somebody's waiting for a promotion it's like no news is bad news like they're not going right. to tell you if they didn't get it
0: yeah yeah so it's in in both our world and ned stark's world it makes no sense
1: yeah it's and like okay all right
0: i also don't like that he's that it's specified that it's dark wings you know what I mean?
1: Well, it makes it seem like there are other messengers that come through. And like, okay, maybe you have the idea that if something was like really good news, they would send a rider. They would send somebody on a horse to deliver it. But like, not necessarily. Like what? I'm sure a rider would also deliver bad news. Yeah. Yeah, maybe pretty, if they had like Harry Potter owls to carry good letters around with, this phrase would make complete sense and you'd be like, "Oh no, a raven's coming. This is not going to be good." <laughs> but like they don't. All the letters are ravens. So
0: that'd be that'd be pretty polite though. You like you give kind of some warning. It's like a, it's like the subject line in an email.
1: Right. Right.
0: Like, this is going to be <laughs> this is going to be shitty.
1: <laughs> hey, get ready for this cuz somebody died. <laughs>
0: All right. Uh ready to move on?
1: Uh yes. I just think it's ridiculous. And uh this is not a spoiler, but you're just you're going to hear that phrase more. They say it more. So, yeah. Get ready for that.
0: Yeah. Okay. I want to I'm actually going to bring us back to the last episode because I don't think Ooh. we talked about this for a while, but I don't think we fully grasped okay. how much it was because it was new to me. Yeah. Uh that's our that's our flat earth theory for Westeros or, or, or the the world that this story takes place in. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which now looking back on it and I've done some research, not gonna lie, I've done a ton, <laughs> but I am now a flat earth truther for Westeros because honestly I'm seeing more evidence for flat Earth theory than there's evidence for it for being round.
1: Luke, I'm so excited. Please tell me more about our Westeros our our flat Westeros truth conspiracy.
0: Well, I mean, okay, so first of all, we went we went through a lot of this last time mm-hmm. where we the seasons them. yeah, okay, so it was basically uh the seasons are set up such that it doesn't make sense for uh, the world to be like revolving around the sun. Yeah. That's part of it. Um there's 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 a scene where Bran goes up like has a vision where he's super high in the sky it yep. does not note that uh there's a curvature right. which you would yep. um yeah there's uh i don't remember exactly what else we went into last but there's okay so i've also looked at a map for Westeros uh-huh. and um so it it has all of the like described places yes by now which so it has Westeros on the, on the west end, mm-hmm. and then it has, like, you know, everything else from, like, the Free Cities and Valyria and all that all the way to the right mm-hmm. to, like, I think shy is, like, the farthest east. Yeah. And they say, like, shy is, like, super far away. hmm And they have nothing else. Were this a, a globe, shy would not be very far away because you would
1: just go the other way. Right. Oh, 100%. Yeah. And the other thing about that map is there is, like, not that much water to the right side of Westeros, but nobody ever comes from that direction. Right. So none of the, like, people that we have met in the story, all the people that we have met that are not from Westeros are from the east. There has been nobody that has come from the west of Westeros. Which right. totally makes it seem like you can't come from the west of Westeros.
0: Yes. And um Well okay, so just kind of building on that, we like we could probably come up with some crazy way where like the there's the world revolves somehow kind of weird and its gravity's upset some way that would make this work, like if we worked incredibly hard on it. But this is a fantasy world. Like, we don't have to do that because no. this can just be a different world. This can't. This world can be flat.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like, there's no, there's nothing that says that this world has to be round. And in fact, the, the, if you thought that this had to be a round planet, why? Yeah, there's no, there's no reason to. There. I mean, we have had no indication that any of the like astronomical features are the same as our world at all the only thing that we know is like this world probably has gravity that works similar to ours oh yes here's
0: here's more oh great great setup for me because more so than this being flat by since we have like no seasons or anything like that Uh uh-huh or sorry we have seasons but we don't have like a regular system of seasons yep There's no, there's no movement between, um, between like the earth and the world, right?
1: Yes. Keep going.
0: Therefore, there's no such thing as gravity. The only, the only way that there could be gravity is if there was a, another planet or another like, uh, uh, gravitational object on the opposite side of this world. That was like somehow perfectly placed to keep us perfectly between it and the sun. Er,
1: Westeros. Okay, okay, wait, Luke. What you are claiming right now is that Westeros does not have gravity because it is flat.
0: Well, the the, the flat part is not necessarily the truth for the the, the 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 truth the the proof for this is that like there's no evidence of movement of the planets,
1: right? uh, Of this planet, not. Yes, so far in our reading, we have not seen evidence for movement of this planet. Yes, I would argue that we have seen
0: evidence for no movement of this planet because of the weird seasons. Because of the weird seasons, yes. Okay. No gravity. No, no, no scientific gravity. But why? Okay. Therefore, okay.
1: Well, because I think so. You can't have scientific gravity if this is a flat. If this is a flat planet, anyway. Because right, yeah. as you moved away from the center, the gravity would be like angled towards the middle. So right. everything would be built like at an angle. Which, honestly, maybe it is. They just don't note it anywhere because of everything is like that. It would be like how we don't note that everything is straight up and down compared to our perspective. Um, <laughs> but it would probably come up at some point. Uh, okay,
0: yeah. But I think, again, fantasy world therefore it doesn't have, there doesn't have to be gravity. It can be explained. It's a, it's a magical world. Yes. Therefore, I'm arguing that all the natural, like, or, or all, all the things that, that seem like gravity or, or other things related to our world are just set by gods or magic. Okay. Okay. And also, Mm -hmm. we don't know that those are exactly the same as ours. Like, their gravity could be half of ours or 10 times or
1: it could work by just completely different rules like right yeah 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 Yeah. okay absolutely i am on board with this theory um the one the one piece of evidence we're going to need to look out for is uh if they describe high and low tide Mm. because if they describe a high and low tide that means that there is a an object like the moon that is going around this planet and affecting the water on this planet.
0: Well, not necessarily. Like, okay, okay, no, they do mention the moon actually.
1: Right, they have a moon, and so if if there's a high and low tide, now that doesn't mean that gravity still has to work the same way that our, gravity does in our world. But it does mean that there is some like influence that the moon bears on the water on this planet.
0: Or it could again just be like
1: set up by the gods slash magic. Yes. I mean, that's true. But the like the Occam's razor starts to cut that like it's the moon doing that like it is. You know what I mean? Like if if I mean, I'm sure it was
0: I'm sure it was intended by that. For that by the author? Yeah. But...
1: Well, maybe. We don't know. I don't know what you're just thinking.
0: (laughs) Right. But I'm going to say it's actually, looking at the evidence, it's actually more likely that it was just set up by a god or something like that. Okay. Because none of the evidence suggests, like, movement around this world.
1: Yeah. I think that's fair. Yes. So I think... Until we get some astronomical, like, until we get to that chapter that's all about the uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson of this world talking about the stars and everything. Until somebody who is in the world says something about their planet or their realm, their, like, region of space, we cannot assume that it is even remotely similar to how ours work.
0: Right, which maybe that happens in the future, but right now. But up until Weird. this point
1: we have no evidence that
0: up until this point we are flat Westeros truthers.
1: <laughs> uh so I just hope the government is listening to this podcast cuz I think oh hold on. Oh yeah. I just I just Famous. heard a knock. I think the FBI's here.
0: <laughs> oh they're there for sure. Um, okay yeah flat earth theory completed uh, I, I, I think we put that to rest yeah so get, any other, any other? get at
1: us if you have anything to add to um, that theory um, our twitter is at DC it ABC uh, so go ahead and tweet at us if you have any contributing evidence for that theory um, please don't go past uh, where we have recorded like in the book we don't want to spoil it for anybody else uh, but as episodes come out, feel free to add to yeah. the growing body of evidence, uh, and you can just use the hashtag, hashtag #flatWesteros. Um, so go ahead and tweet at us. Wow! Don't wow. no hashtags, uh, Luke? Do we want to stay on a, a theory kind of thread? I'm on board. Oh, I think that's okay.
0: What, that's a good section of this podcast. So, Luke, conspiracy have, theories.
1: Luke, I have a great theory. And I have not seen this theory anywhere uh, yet. I I have a feeling like this is that ace in the hole that George R. R. Martin has been kind of keeping keeping back from the show and the readers. Oh boy! Because no one oh has boy. expected it up until this point. And honestly, I'm a little bit reticent to even say it because I feel like if I say it. And it gets out there and George hears that I've uncovered this theory. He won't finish the books um, Mm. because I feel like it'll all already be explained. You know, there won't be any mystery left. He'll just be recording. He'll just be writing what the theories everyone has already figured out are. But I'm going to say it anyway because I'm committed to the truth and to our audience (laughs) And good I'll, I'll, i was
0: i was this. i was worried that you were gonna you were gonna stop
1: uh no uh so the theory is brace yourself like i'm holding on to my couch Tyrion lannister is actually a well-trained fighter slash assassin Okay, (laughs) And I'm going to take it half a step further. I think, now this could change over the course of the podcast, but I think he is an assassin bent on tearing apart the world of Westeros.
0: Interesting. (laughs)
1: Yes.
0: (laughs) I don't follow that at all.
1: Luke, I was first tipped off when Tyrion meets Jon in Winterfell. Now there's a scene. There's a big feast happening inside, with all the the king's men and all, all the king's horses and all the king's men are feasting. And well, uh, well said. Yes. Uh, and Jon Snow goes outside for a little fresh air, and he finds Tyrion out there. Do you remember anything peculiar about this scene? I'm, I actually do. I know what you're going to say. You know exactly. Go ahead and tell he, me. Tell he, me, Luke, what happens. He
0: does an insane front flip. Yes.
1: Tyrion Lannister, the person who claims to always have his legs cramping when he's walking around everywhere does a front handspring off the top ledge of this like like uh, feasting hall. And when he does it Jon Snow, who's like pretty athletic gasps because it's so crazy of a thing to do. And Tyrion lands it like it's nothing and just keeps talking. And, and Tyrion's like like, way shorter than this fall was. Yes, Tyrion has already been described to us as like not a very tall guy, so this fall is like two or three times longer than a normal person would fall, and Tyrion lands it like it's absolutely nothing. Okay, I, I
0: like how we I like how we danced around the derogatory term for Tyrion there.
1: You, yeah, I appreciate that as well. <laughs> hey, you don't know Luke. Um Okay. All right. So this is the first clue that Tyrion is more than he seems. Now, you you could argue that throughout this book Tyrion is always complaining about how his legs are cramping, uh, and that's true. Always. Always complaining about how his legs are cramping. Um, but he never explains why his legs are cramping, Luke. Now. If we were bigots, we would assume that his legs are cramping because of his body. There's some feature about his body that makes his legs not work properly. Uh, but Luke, I see more than skin deep. Luke, wow. good for you. Luke, when when do you have severe like cramping and muscle aches in your body? After a lot of exercise. After a ton of exercise. Luke, Tyrion is constantly training in secret, in order to maintain his prime physique. And that's why his legs are constantly cramping. Luke, now we get these first-person perspectives of these characters, that's true, but we aren't with them 100% of the time. George strategically puts us into Tyrion's perspective when he is not training. Just like Tyrion wants to hide... His secret skills from the West the rest of Westeros, George wants to hide Tyrion's secret skills from us the reader. Wow. But he's left us little clues. Now. Is there are there more than just that one? one? Oh, Luke. So, we've already addressed how Tyrion is a prime physical specimen who is capable of feats of acrobatics that we wouldn't have assumed, and We have already identified that he seems to be concealing these things from the rest of Westeros. Already two suspicious features. Now, I would say that his motive here comes into play a little bit when... You know what? Actually, I'll get to the motive in a minute, because I think it's a little bit weaker. What I would like to talk about, though, is one more piece of evidence that Tyrion is an adept fighter and a peak physical specimen. So, in this last section... We've been reading about how Tyrion is being taken to um, the Eyrie? How are we going to say that? Eyrie. The Eyrie. He gets taken to the Eyrie um, and he is put on trial, right? On the way to the Eyrie, what happens? They get attacked. They get attacked. And while they're attacked, what happens? Tyrion gets armed. Tyrion gets a... Hold on. Tyrion gets a battle axe that he claims to have never used before. Right. Okay. He yeah, he claims to have never so used So Tyrion it. gets a battle axe and says, Oh, I've never used one of these before. Then what happens, Luke? He he pwns some noobs with it. Tyrion brings down a horse with the battle axe. In a in a like, I was
0: actually noting this. Like when he did that, it seemed it seemed like a beautiful strike.
1: Yes. Tyrion brings down a horse with a single stroke of this battle axe, and then proceeds to kill the horse's rider. That's one kill for Tyrion. Then, Tyrion sees Catelyn Stark fighting three assailants. He goes over and kills one of them with one stroke. Then, he wounds another one, again, or he wounds another one such that Catelyn is able to come up and Kill him. Okay? So we're gonna attribute two and a half kills to Tyrion. Honestly, I would say we would give him three, because he probably could have killed the one that Catelyn Stark killed. Sure. Okay. Sure. Okay, so we've given we've attributed three kills to Tyrion in this combat with these savage clansmen from the Vale, right? Luke, how many how many clansmen died in that combat?
0: I, I think it was like nine?
1: It was nine. Luke Tyrion Lannister, with a battle axe he claimed to have never used, took out a third of this raiding party from the veil vale. D- Do I need to say and, more
0: and okay, okay, I'm convinced that he's way better at fighting than we originally thought because, like first of all, that battle axe is not his size.
1: <laughs> no, it's a battle axe,
0: yeah, <laughs> and no preparation, allegedly cramping legs. um yeah, I'm pretty impressed.
1: He takes down a horse from the ground, Luke,
0: like a like a like a nice uppercut straight into the throat. Yeah. yeah. And of a charging of a charging horse.
1: Yeah. Luke, and at the just to like put a cherry on top at the very end of this combat, what does he say to braun? When Bron comes up and asks him how he was doing, or whatever, I I actually don't remember that. What, was, what did he say? Actually, um, I don't think. He, actually, I don't think Tyrion says anything, but Bron like kind of gives him a knowing oh. look and says, "Oh, first combat, huh?" And Tyrion, now to his credit, Tyrion doesn't respond to this, but he's putting on such a good show of being shaken by this combat that everyone else is totally buying. He's never been in combat before, Mm -hmm. regardless of the fact that he killed three of them. He killed a third of the total casualties.
0: Yeah, and no one one seems to be like, oh, whoa, he's good. Good kills, dude. No,
1: (laughs) nobody notices at all. Wait, but are 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 you saying Bronn noticed? No, Bronn didn't even notice. Okay. And I will also say the only person who witnessed Tyrion doing this cool stuff is the uh the song person the person with the the harp and very early on in the battle Tyrion kills the horse such that it lands on top of him oh my god are you saying he's so good that he
0: strategically killed that horse oh i am so it would land oh my goodness
1: 100 percent he strategically killed that horse so it would land on the minstrel so that he could not watch Tyrion go through this badass killing spree and write a song about the, like the fighting imp. Sure. Sure. Tyrion can't have this stuff getting out. Smart. Okay. Right. Now his motivation, I think is, is kind of the weaker part of this theory. And I think it will be developed as we read more. So it's, it's, it's vaguer, not necessarily weaker. Yeah, you're right. I think it's vaguer. And I think it's going to crystallize as we read more and we are able to add more evidence to this theory. Um, but right now, my only evidence for the fact that Tyrion wants to destroy Westeros is two-part. The first is Tyrion is kind of ridiculed by everybody um, and really doesn't, like, doesn't have anybody who is a friend to Tyrion. Even his own family, like, doesn't really like him. Um, they're sure he and Jaime have, like, a special relationship, but that's, like, it. Uh, mm-hmm. There's no one else who's really on Tyrion's side that he isn't paying, okay? And they make fun of him because he is a dwarf, by his own admission. Right. Um, so he's already like, if that doesn't make you spiteful at a whole nation of people, uh, you're a good you're a good person. Uh, I don't think Tyrion is that good a person. Um, That's probably fair. And I will say. The other piece of evidence to support this theory is: I think Tyrion knows about the others. I think the the White Walkers. The White Walkers. Yeah, the people that were introduced to in the very first chapter, those like zombie skeleton people who are um, supposedly there's that threat that they're always going to come down from the north, but nobody believes that it's actually true. I think Tyrion knows that they're real, and knows that they're coming. And that's why, so I think the reason he knows this, he's constantly reading old tomes, right? He's very well read. Yeah, he's very well read. In fact, you might even argue he's the most well read person in Westeros. And in the, I mean, the wall was built, essentially, to keep out these dangerous things. So somewhere in some book, there's going to be like a pretty good history of the walkers. And most people are going to neglect it because it's been so long ago. But Tyrion knows to believe the things that he's read in his books. Because oftentimes they have truth in them. So Tyrion has heard about these others and is aware of the fact that they are out there beyond the wall. And so he decides to take a trip up to the wall to see just how good the defenses are. And what does Tyrion find up at the wall? It's a mess. He finds it in shambles. It is a shadow of its previous glory in no state to defend from an onslaught of the others. Tyrion sure. sees a nation ripe to fall. And what does Tyrion do?
0: He pretends not to believe in, to, in him.
1: I know that. Yeah, he he's not really buying it that there's stuff out there. What else? So he sends some uh he sends some knights, Knights Yeah, Night's Watch down to King's Landing under the pretense mm-hmm that they should say they need more men, right? He's like, let's go to King's Landing and get more men, right? Now, this, this is a sly ploy by Tyrion. He is trying to see how willing the nation is to send people to man the wall. He's not going to have... There's not going to be a huge influx of... He knows that there's not going to be a huge influx of people from this one party going down to bring up new recruits for the wall. But what he <laughs> will learn from this... Is how many people they can get to go man the wall. And I have a feeling like he's fairly certain they're gonna get almost nobody to man the wall. And at that point, he will know it's only a matter of time before the Night's Watch is completely useless.
0: Right. And I mean, even right now, they're like, even though they have people, they're almost useless. Right.
1: Right. And so Tyrion already knows that there's not he's he's using this as a way of gauging how serious anybody is taking the threat to the north. Right. He's using this this kind of scouting party to King's Landing to gauge the interest that the people of the nation have at the wall. Uh, And I think as it's already been hinted already in the book, people don't really care. And I think he's doing this to make sure people don't care so that they're caught completely unaware when the others finally come streaming down from the north to come kill everybody. Mm-hmm. So I think Tyrion is a spiteful assassin fighter who is working to overthrow the realm uh, because they are kind of assholes to him. <laughs> sure.
0: Okay. I'm very convinced with the fact that Tyrion is some kind of expert fighter. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure about the motive, which you said was a little bit vague. I
1: acknowledge it's it's less clear.
0: Um, but yeah, there's okay. There's, I don't think that George would have put in that little somersault scene had it not meant something.
1: Uh, yeah. It has to. Otherwise, Tyrion is just sitting by the door and stands up and says, hey, John, let's have our conversation now.
0: Yeah, right. And okay, here's, I don't don't know if this is going to add to your theory or not, more just like, uh, I don't know, put some more questions into it. Yeah. Why would he reveal that to Jon Snow? You know what I mean? Because he's such a good actor that there's no way he wouldn't do that on purpose. And... He doesn't have. You mentioned he doesn't have like friends, yeah. But he befriends Jon Snow. That's mm. got to come up.
1: Mm. Interesting. A lot of mystery. So there is a lot of mystery still in this theory. Um, I've,
0: uh, let me tell you, I am usually your theories are usually uh, very. Uh, I am I'm, I'm very skeptical of them. This one, this one, I might be convinced.
1: I mean, so you have to, you have to admit. He is a way better fighter than he lets on, right? And he, there is some reason why he doesn't want people to know he's super skilled at fighting. Yeah, there's got to be, there's got to be some reason that he's doing that. I'm why the secrecy, Tyrion?
0: We'll find out in like ten years, <laughs> <laughs>
1: maybe. I, I don't know. I think we're. If we keep reading, I think we might be able to put the pieces together. Because, you know, we've read this before. We've read Game of Thrones before. But I've never read it looking for what Tyrion was doing in terms of his, like, physicality and his plotting, you know? I've never read it looking into what Tyrion has been up to. Right. But now.
0: Yeah. But now now we've got him in our eyesight.
1: We're watching you, Tyrion Lannister. And, you know, I think... I think the show kind of throws people off the trail a little bit, too. Because from what I understand about the show, Tyrion doesn't... Does Tyrion do the thing in the book that he does in the show? Or in the show the, he does in the book? The somersault thing? The
0: somersault? No, I don't think so.
1: Right. So the show is giving no clues to this. Maybe and... the show doesn't even know. Oh, no. George, I'm sorry. But we had to tell him. We had to get the truth out there to the people.
0: Yep, and just in just in case, just in case it doesn't get completed.
1: Um, just yeah, it's a contingency. So, um, if you have any more, uh, wow, we have a lot of theories today. Uh, so, yeah, if you have uh, anything to contribute to our theory, any evidence uh, that we missed in the first forty chapters, go ahead and tweet them at DC. Uh, well, so the, the Twitter is at DCitabc, and it, that's spelled at D-C-I-T-A-B-C. Um, and go ahead and just use the hashtag. Uh, hashtag... Uh, always,
0: always smart to come up with hashtags on the fly. Yeah,
1: it, it works out really well. Um, <laughs> hashtag... Oh, I don't know. Uh, hashtag Tyrian Assassin. Yeah, there we go. That's it. Just that's nice. Just do that. Uh Short to the point,, um, man, yeah,
0: we've had a lot man, of
1: heavy, today. heavy conspiracy theory podcast, I think tonight. it's only a conspiracy if there's like circumstantial evidence, I feel like these are not conspiracy- well, I guess they are kind of conspiratorial,
0: yeah, okay. but I mean that's that's I think that's our aesthetic.
1: we're done with the theories, right, yeah yeah, yeah, no more theories,
0: one thing I just want to uh talk about in terms of this book and general just like society
1: Mm -hmm.
0: i've noticed we always see people that are tolerant of super cold weathers as very like manly Uh uh-huh but we never or i don't know if everyone does but i feel like i very rarely see people that are tolerant of high heat as manly
1: that is such a good point yeah
0: like, always the people that are super tolerant of, like, cold, like the Starks, are super tough, super intense, like, like men. And then we, like, you don't get any of that from, like, people that are in deserts.
1: That's so like that. true. Because if you think of all those videos you see of people in, like, Norway and Canada that, like, jump into the freezing cold lakes and, like, come out and are, like, raw and, like, yelling, like, bears. Like, that's always hyper-masculine. It always feels hyper-masculine to me. But right. you never like think of people like you never think of people when you see those videos of like soldiers in Afghanistan walking along a road where their shoes are like melting to the asphalt, it's so hot. You're never like, oh, those guys are so tough and like manly. Yeah. It's not point, like the dang, same that sucks. As, like, yeah, it's like, oh, they're probably miserable right now. <laughs> um That's such a good point. I had never really thought about that. Well, so and go ahead.
0: I, I would argue being like dealing with the kind of heat that a lot of people have to deal with is equally if not more difficult than dealing with the kind of cold that people deal with
1: okay i would say i think okay i think it's more difficult in the sense that you're more likely i think especially in modern times you're much more likely to die of heat than cold like i think you're much more likely to get like heat stroke and dehyd- and suffer dehydration and die. Um, especially, obviously I'm, ta- I'm not talking about um, people who are like experiencing homelessness or living in poverty. Like obviously those people struggle no matter what the temperature is. But for like the average, the like middle class person and above, people living in hot climates, I think are much more likely to have, well, actually now I don't know. Okay, I think they're both dangerous. This is the point I want to make, though. I think cold climates, when you're suffering from like cold temperatures, your body feels in pain. Like you feel acute pain from it. But when you're in like a hot summer, like during a hot summer day, your body doesn't necessarily hurt. You just feel uncomfortable, right? Yeah, I guess so. So I would say that I think the reason we attribute more like masculinity to somebody suffering from like somebody who's living in a cold temperature is because it causes you like physical pain. And for some reason we have like managing pain is a key aspect of masculinity.
0: Yeah, I guess that's a decent reason. I still think that it's crazy that we never view like people that are super good at dealing with the heat as the same in the same kind of way that we view them because like th- think about in for example Westeros like they don't have air conditioning too. <laughs> right right <laughs> they're like sitting in I mean it's got to be like over a hundred in a lot of places in Westeros like they're well, actually
1: Luke we don't know because their seasons are so messed up like we don't know what the temperature is in the summer that's true
0: but it, uh, just like even in 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 on Earth, for example. Okay, yeah. Like, people are dealing with like one hundred and twenty in some places without air conditioning. Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm.
0: Like, what do you what do you do? You know what I mean?
1: <laughs> find, I guess, find some shade. <laughs> yeah, that always works super well. Seems like that would work, uh, pretty much one hundred percent of the time. Um, that's such a see. Now I am thinking about like, so now I am thinking about Dune, right? Because in Dune the big challenge there is dealing with the heat and the like lack of water right yeah and when i think about the society in dune i i don't think of them as like hyper masculine in the same way that i think right Right. exactly but they totally are like doing this super badass thing and dealing with these super harsh conditions it's just they're different than cold but yeah that is ridiculous now luke Why don't we think of them right? as, like, hyper-tough and masculine? Not, like, necessarily thinking of them as masculine is, like, a great thing, but, like... Right, yeah. They don't seem as tough if you want to just use, like, that kind sure. of language.
0: Which they, t- they totally are, like, as as tough.
1: Yeah, In that's unfair. Opinion. They get a bad rap.
0: I'm going to also... I'm going to just throw this into my the early conspiracy theory, because I forgot to bring it up oh, yeah. about the flat-earth thing. Uh, just more evidence. It's always colder north. Like the 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 temperature disparity is always the same. Yeah, north is cold, south is hot. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's that would not be the case.
1: Um. Well, there is one there is one way that could be the case, Luke, which could blow this whole thing wide open. Oh no! What if? We haven't gone below the equator.
0: Like, just, you, 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 just no one's explored? This, you, you're just saying, like, this world is way bigger?
1: Yeah, I'm saying, like, Westeros and, like, the free cities, that land is all north of the equator.
0: I mean, yeah, that is possible.
1: Because then the north is always... I mean, Canada is always colder than Mexico.
0: Right. I mean, yeah, that's possible. I just think it would be weird if they hadn't explored more. You know what I mean? Like, they have magic, ships, dragons, gods.
1: <laughs> Maybe. We have we have seen no evidence of gods, I would like to point out, in this book so far. True. No evidence of them. Magically. We've seen evidence of belief, but we've seen no evidence of gods interacting.
0: Right. But, I mean, there's, like, dragons and stuff. Which doesn't... I'm not saying that helps gods, but that helps, like, magic Ma- and... Oh, like, for
1: sure. Yeah. Um, well, and I think... Again, I think the thing that, like, really bolsters this point is the the only other people that we have ever heard from in Westeros are from the only other continent that we're familiar with. Like, nobody is from anywhere else besides the continent that the Free Cities are on and Westeros that we have right. encountered. And we have people both on the continent that the Free Cities are on, like Daenerys and that group, and they have not encountered anyone that's not from Westeros or from that place so odds are these are like the two places in the world
0: exactly all right no no more no more flat earth
1: conspiracy theories yeah we gotta move on okay i just want to say this might be a hot take i don't think that it is though i think ned and catelyn stark are probably the two worst politicians in In Westeros. And I think Ned is the worst possible hand. And Catelyn is the worst possible, like, wife to the hand in this moment. And my two pieces of evidence are this. And I want to explain Catelyn's situation first, okay? Catelyn does something that I think is basically a declaration of war without consulting anyone. Oh yeah. She take like Abducts Tyrion. She abducts Tyrion Lannister, which is the son of the like of Castor- of Lord Tywin of Casterly Rock, who is like the warden of both the east and the west. On charges that she has no evidence for. Right. And she also
0: like she has the power to do that, but like in this universe Females do not have that much power. (laughs) Right. Which was very bold of her.
1: Right. So she made a very bold move. And she like kind of, I mean, George kind of makes up for it in the fact that he gives her like a really sly, uh, sneaky trick to pull on Tyrion to make it seem like they were going to Winterfell when in fact they're going to the Vale. But she still kidnapped Tyrion Lannister. And the Lannisters are not going to take kindly to that. Like that is going <laughs> right. to start a war. There's Right, a... it's a super dumb move. Right. And she didn't really have a reason that she had to do it, right? Like she she got caught traveling through Westeros. That's it. <laughs> that's that's all. And she was trying to be By... sneaky about it.
0: Right, and by so like, like Tyrion was not going to attack her or anything.
1: No, he was literally just like, "Oh, <laughs> Catelyn like, Star oh, Stark is saying this would be a funny like, haha, look, you're here.' Yeah. So
0: yeah, so so yeah, so Catelyn is the reason if there is a war that starts, Catelyn is the reason. Yeah, basically, which
1: is like off of
0: just off of just a weird decision that she made.
1: Right, I don't, I still do not understand why. She chose that to do that. Like, for the for the most part in this book, she has been, like, a pretty good politician. She's been pretty aware of the, like... She's been pretty aware of the underlying game that's happening.
0: Except for now that I think about it, why was she the one to go all the way down to Westeros just to be like, hey, like, they tried to kill Bran.
1: Like, oh, did she have to be the one that goes? Because she was the one... Didn't she have the, like, um, I know there's a reason. Well, because well, no, I, I think... guess Ned was there when they opened that letter. And so Ned already knew that the Lannisters were, like, trying to. Was it. What was in that letter that they opened? You remember that?
0: The one from uh, Lysa? Lisa? Mm-hmm. Lisa? Lisa, yeah. Uh, that was just
1: her theory that the Lannisters killed.
0: Uh John Aaron. Okay, yes.
1: That's man. that's exactly right. So they already know that the Lannisters are probably not doing great stuff, right? Yeah. So I I guess the only the only explanation that I can come up with as to why Catelyn had to go down to meet Ned herself was she had to bring the dagger and make sure that he got it.
0: I mean, yeah, but also, probably other people that are equally good at being able to do that, and like what was the point of bringing the dagger like I mean I know that I know it was like they got the information from Littlefinger, right, but there's no evidence that that information is accurate. And they had they didn't know that they were going to get that information just by bringing the dagger.
1: Yeah, that's true. But they also knew that this dagger was like super valuable, and it would definitely be easily identified with one person, right? So, the dagger was like a Valerian steel dagger, right? This was like not a cheap instrument, right? So it was probably got
0: like just to for her to be like, I'm going to abandon my home, take an absurd trip down to King's Landing just so I can like hand Ned this dagger and be like dude our son got like really attacked
1: (laughs) dude check out my fingies (laughs) they're pretty bad
0: like anyone could do that and then and then I would argue that this this kidnapping of Tyrion that's for sure gonna start a war is completely
1: caused by that ooh like it would never have happened yeah actually Catelyn takes their trusted Man at arms with her, doesn't she? Yeah. Why couldn't she have just given him the dagger and been like, "Take this to Ned"? She already trusted him with, like, yeah, we're both going down. To yeah, see there's, Ned.
0: there's, there's no, there's no way, like, the trust thing isn't an issue because no. it's not like Ned's gonna be like, "Oh, this guy I've known for like my entire life is telling me that my son got attacked," like, because that's all the evidence they had, right? Like, they they weren't even really accusing the Lannisters up at that point, no. They didn't. they have were just that like, like yeah, he got attacked. Right. Like that's co- that would be common news at this point. Right. Like you could send a raven. <laughs> Darkwing. I mean, not name. with not not right. Not with the dagger, but you could send a raven with the news. It's not like that would be, like some secret thing.
1: Well, and you know what, Luke? We already have a way of sending news in this universe that we know is true, from one person to another, and that's just you put your seal on a letter, and then. <laughs> When Ned gets the letter, he opens it from Catelyn and it says, Yeah, dude, somebody attacked our son. Right. Signed, love, Catelyn. (laughs) Right. And Ned's like, oh, this is is probably from Catelyn.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Instead, they start a war.
1: Yeah, so that's not great. Also, yeah, my one point about Ned being the worst hand ever is just that he is not like a politician at all. Like, he is a northern lord. He is used to people like acting honorably and upfront and just being like tough with him. He is not used to like all this like debt that everybody's working with and these like back channels everybody's communicating. Like, he is so. I'm not saying he is dumb necessarily, I'm just saying he has no experience with any of this stuff. He's essentially are like. You, are you saying we shouldn't elect people that have
0: a lot of ex- that have no experience to like high levels of government?
1: I'm <laughs> saying it usually doesn't turn out well. Huh, I don't know. For pretty much everybody involved, <laughs> this also applies. I think you're you're also. I think I get who you're who you're talking about here. Kind of a bigger He's guy. Pretty- it's who, pretty sly, right? <laughs> bigger guy who thinks himself king of the entire. You're talking about Robert, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just Robert. <laughs> oh, Robert is also completely incompetent. Which I think it makes sense that he brought Ned down, you know, cuz like he doesn't know who to pick for his hand. He's just like I'm going to bring my friends yeah, down he's, here.
0: Yeah, he was he was put in he's just going to like he doesn't know that much. He's just going to get the best people. And then he doesn't.
1: And, and then he does it. And well, we'll see how it turns out.
0: <laughs> you know, I wasn't talking about
1: Robert, right? <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Not today, <That's> Luke. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. There was there was one more, one more little thing I had. Did you have anything else? Uh, nothing important. Oh, mine's... I mean, none of this is important, Luke. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. <laughs> okay, I just want to say that there was, yeah, yeah. Okay, there was one line in the book that I stopped and had to reread because I did not think it was saying what I thought it was saying. <laughs> That's not what I meant. Um, because it was so absurd. Um, there is a line where Bran is hearing stories from Old Nan, and he's giving a little a little bit of background about how who nan is and he says how nan is all alone in the world all of her sons died in wars uh and all of her daughters got married and moved away and the only one left with her is hodor and he's the only person that nan has left in the world and it's like hold on okay so yes all of her sons are dead her daughters, like, didn't die. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so her daughters are, like, still out in the world and presumably have had children. Presumably, Nan has, like, great-great-grandchildren who are out in the world. And yet, when jo- when Bran describes old Nan, he's like, yeah, she's like, everybody she knows is dead and gone. And it's just Hodor that, like, is part of Nan's family.
0: I actually I actually wrote a note for this for this exact thing. Yeah. The old man description and I don't want to get into another conspiracy theory here. Oh god. <laughs> because this one's not fleshed out at all. But like how old are we talking? Yeah. <laughs> 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 you know what I mean?
1: Oh, uh, I know what you mean, Luke. <laughs> is she, is she a child of the forest? <laughs> Ooh, Luke. (laughs) I think. You want to
0: see? I'll I'll tell you how non-fleshed out this theory is. My one note on this just reads, old man, super old question mark.
1: (laughs) You know what? I think we leave it there.
0: (laughs) Yeah, we leave it there. We come back to it. Maybe next episode, maybe later than
1: that. You know, I'm not even going to give a hashtag for people to tweet at us about because... I think we need to give it more time to ruminate. I don't want to. I don't want to know what evidence people have collected yet. I want right. to give people time to sit and really like marinate with this theory. That
0: one's that one's too deep for us to really
1: just jump into. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we'll get back to that. We might pick that up later. I think. <laughs> I
0: we'll think look. that about that, that. does that wrap up this episode's discussion of Game of Thrones? Yeah,
1: I think that's going to wrap up uh, this week's episode. Um, Go ahead and tune in next week when we're going to be talking about uh, chapters 41 through 60. Um, So right now we're about halfway through the book. We'll be about three quarters of the way through the book next week. uh, And we'll be coming at you with some more hot takes. And more dumb nerds.